0: Welcome to I Used to Be a Therapist. I'm so glad you're here. Today, we are going to talk about common sense. How much common sense do you think you have? I think that sometimes common sense is really what we need to focus on growing in our own lives, right? Doesn't there seem like there is a lack of common sense in the world? I sure think there is. I mean, holy cow. It seems like... That may be the missing ingredient in lots of lives. So this episode is a little different than other ones in this series. Today, I am sharing a conversation that I had with one of my friends, Karen Palmer, who used to be a therapist just like me. We're going to hear a bit of her story about her transition out of being a therapist and into running, get this, a shave ice business in Texas. It was so fun to hear her story. We talk about the fact that when you look at people's decisions from the outside, they can seem crazy and random even. It can seem that they had little or no common sense. But when you hear their story, their perspective, their reasoning behind all the little decisions that brought them to where they are, our perspective can change. We get to hear Karen's story today. I know you're going to love hearing this. I know it's going to add value to your day. Let's listen in. My name is Dr. Wendy Bruton, and I used to be a therapist. Welcome to my podcast. Leaving my career as a therapist, business owner, and counselor educator was a big risk. But now, as an author, coach, entrepreneur, and podcast host, I am fulfilling my passion to help people move forward toward an essentially better life. Each episode is filled with stories, information, and ideas that I know will be valuable to your life and to the lives you touch. So if you need a therapist or just someone who used to be a therapist, I know that this is a place that you will feel valued, valuable, and learn to move forward from what you used to be. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Karen, so much for being here. I'm so happy to see your face. This is fun. (laughs) It's fun to see your face. Thanks for coming on. You were one of the people that I was really hoping would do this.
1: Aw, that's sweet.
0: I'm super glad and feel honored that you're here. Okay, so first of all, people need to know that we know each other. Mm-hmm. right? So we've known you each do. other for a long time and we went to church together years and years and years ago. And we're, we were both counselors and kept in touch over social media. And actually we came to Colorado and saw you.
1: Yes. Yeah. That was the last time I saw you. I in know person.
0: that was a long yeah. time ago when I was at a conference there. So yeah, that was fun. Okay. So we're going to start off First of all, just tell us a little bit about yourself, about your family,
1: where you live right now. My name is Karen Palmer, and I have been married for 23 years to Jason, and I have three kids. I have Jake, who is 28 and lives in Denver, and Jordan, my daughter, is 21, And then my youngest son is Drew and he's 18. He's here in Texas with us. So Jason and I moved to Texas um, in July of this year. So
0: I want to hear a story now about how you became a used to be therapist. Like now you can say I used to be a therapist just like me.
1: (laughs) 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 So tell us what you're doing now. So, what I'm doing now is, <laughs> I started a business and I started a shaved ice business, and it's called Rocky Mountain Snow. And the reason that came up is my my dad lives here in Corsicana, Texas. My mom also lives here. And about eight years ago, my dad started talking about building a water park here. It's called the Corsicana Water and Adventure Park. Uh-huh. But last year, Uh, my kids and I were visiting them and they had just opened a part of their water park and they have, they don't have the water park piece of it done, but they have an on the lake obstacle course. And so they had opened that and they were just getting ready to begin construction on this indoor trampoline park. When I jokingly said, well, I'm going to open a shaved ice business at your water park. Ha ha ha. And of course, at the time, I thought, man, that's a really great idea. That is a good idea. And so anyway, I I throw the idea out. I throw it at my dad. He's like, absolutely. Which is kind of not what I was expecting to hear. And then I went back to Denver and just resumed my life. As a counselor. And yes. So what I was doing in Denver, I was doing emergency mental health evaluations. And so, you know, I went back to life and six months or so go by and my dad calls me one day and says, Hey, are you serious about, and this was in January of this year. Mm-hmm. He said, Are you serious about opening a shaved ice business? And I said, I think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I said, yes. And then I said, okay, yes, I am. Wow, were you
0: surprised that you said that?:
1: Absolutely. Like <laughs> you know, like I have ideas all the time, like I can be creative in my thinking, mm-hmm. and so I'm always, you know, oh, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this." and so I'm always coming up with stuff, but um, I literally thought when I when that idea came to my head that, you know what, I can do both. I can live in Denver, continue my job. I loved my job, I loved my job. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really want to move to Texas to do that, but I figured I could it would be easy enough that I could still live in Denver and have a business in Texas and still manage it and operate it or you know hire someone to manage it while I'm in Denver. So I thought that wouldn't be a problem. Um so I start the ball rolling. I just start looking and doing my research and trying to Kind of put all the pieces together, and what does this look like, and how do I do this and that was at the time, though, when I was still struggling with saying out loud that my seventy six year old father is building a water park, right so that alone was a really like what <laughs> 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 what are you doing, dad <laughs> so that was just even saying it out loud was really hard to, to -hmm. do. Sure. And so when I started doing that and I started speaking it out loud, like my dad's building a water park, my dad's building a water park. And, and that was the reality. He was building a water park and it was just coming to fruition. So, um, so I started doing all my research and that's right. When COVID started making rearing its ugly head and um, so it kind of really threw, you know, some kinks in my plans and like it has affected a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Some point along the way, and, and Jason was super supportive of the ideas He's like, that's great, go do it, you know, sure. have fun with that. And then at some point along the way, we ended up having a conversation with a financial guy that my dad works with. Mm-hmm. He started talking to Jason and I about the importance of maybe needing to be here in Texas Mm -hmm. to help support my parents that are taking this huge, massive project on at a later age in life. I mean, immediately we knew like, yep, we do. And that's what kind of, I don't know, just the momentum started building at that point. And so we decided, okay, we're going to do it. And that's how we ended up in Texas. And we are now the proud owners of a shaved ice shop (laughs) that um, sits right outside of the trampoline park. So it's been really cool. Um, It's been a really cool process, but that's what I'm doing currently is selling shaved ice and it is a blast.
0: I love that. How has it been for you to not be a therapist, right? Or Not be doing what you were doing before. I mean, especially in a trauma center and in an emergency room. I mean, I worked in an emergency room doing mental health evaluations too. And when you're there and that's your job full time, you're hearing a bunch of stuff and you're seeing a bunch of stuff that can be really just overwhelming sometimes. I mean- mm-hmm. And then you get real hardened to it, and you don't understand. At least this was my experience, right? That I didn't understand how much it was impacting my life.
1: I mean, have you experienced that a little bit? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a, it's really hard work. It's just emotionally draining mm-hmm. and super involved. Um, I think the gist of the job for me was came very naturally. Mm -hmm. So it was a really good fit for my personality, for my style, all of those things. And it was easy, 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 easy. Mm -hmm. Um, But yet so complicated at the same time and really traumatic. And it's just there in your face all the time. Mm
0: -hmm. And when it is in your face all the time, much of the time you get desensitized to that. Absolutely. And so you don't even know how much vicarious trauma you're carrying around.
1: Absolutely. My experience is um, I developed a pretty sick sense of humor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. but, you know, to really survive that because yeah, you, you have to, how do you keep yourself sane and healthy mm-hmm. while being there for someone else during that time? Yeah. So back to your question really quick. Um, so doing that job all the time, um, looking back, I realized like you're kind of in a position of power Mm -hmm. and going from that to, um, starting your own business, especially a shaved ice business in the middle of a pandemic and moving your life at the same time put you in a really vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. And so it really kind of made me look back and think, wow, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm really in a vulnerable position. I could really fail at this business right now. Like I could, this could really be a bomb. Yeah, it, it really could. And so there were some, you know, there an adjustment period, I will say. <laughs> and it's hard. It's scary. It's yeah. Out there, and that's what it's super scary. Uh, okay, so
0: I want to ask about your tribe of folks that were around you. I mean, were they supportive of
1: you? Did they think you're crazy? Like, all of those things. So, yes, I think my tribe generally thinks I'm crazy, but um, just in
0: general, that had nothing to do with this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um yeah. So I think I, when I first started talking about it, my immediate family were like, okay, okay. You know, my kids were like, okay, whatever, mom, you know, mm-hmm. and then my close friends, you know, it was kind of, I feel like it was a gradual process. Like maybe there were one or two people that I was sharing this information with. Like, I think I'm going to open a shaved ice business. <laughs> And um, so it was like a gradual introduction, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I
0: mean, seriously, it's a big change in identity. Uh, Yeah. Right? Like, that's what you were talking about a little bit about the power. You have this powerful or this, I'm going to put this in finger quotes, right? Important position. You know, you have people's lives in your Mm -hmm. hand a lot of times and you're making decisions that are life altering for them. One way or another, right? Yeah. And so then you have this identity as that person, and now you're going to go sell shave ice, uh-huh. and so it's a very different identity, right?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's very, it's it was quite humbling. It was very humbling, and that's okay. Is yes. it scary? Yes. Is it all of those things? Yes, scary, and who knows what's going to happen, and you have zero control over over what's going to happen because. I mean, seriously, I could have ended up making a really bad product that tastes horrible. But I didn't. Like, I'm proud of that. Like, I could have failed miserably. Well, yeah, but
0: but that's so brave. Like, that's the whole piece of, like, I could fail at this and it could just really go bad. But I'm going to do it because I think I can do this. And that's that's just so much courage and bravery. Like, I'm really impressed.
1: I think that um, the more that I was saying it out loud and hearing myself say it, it would give me a little more courage to share that maybe with somebody else. Oh, okay. Here's what I'm going to do. If I'm going to say it out loud, then I'm going to have to back that up with some action. Mm-hmm. And that's the scary part. Like, you know, we're going to be talking about common sense in a little bit. And mm-hmm. I was really kind of hoping we would talk about uncommon sense mm-hmm. because we will. I can't relate to uncommon sense. Uh-huh. Um, like, who does that? Who, like, <laughs> starts a business in the middle of a pandemic? I guess I do. Yeah. But and I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And you know what? The best reward, I guess, for doing this, really, I had a moment where I I felt really proud of myself. For taking an idea and just doing it, like and making it happen. And I had a lot of help along the way. It's not like I just did all this by myself, but it worked. It's kind of
0: amazing and unbelievably cool. I think that is honestly so brave and brilliant. You know? It's very cool. I do want to talk about common sense. I think it goes with your story, right? Like. How do you figure out what is common sense or or uncommon sense, whatever? And I think there are so many people, too, that we have this, this sense of common sense or know what we should do or what we shouldn't do if, if that's what it is. And sometimes we lose that, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in the middle of craziness. Sometimes people lose all sense of common sense. So I want to kind of go with that a little bit, and hear what your definition of common sense is, and maybe what it isn't.
1: You know, it was so funny when I, when I sat down, to I can't answer these questions on the fly. I got to <laughs> like put some effort and thought into this. But I just kept wrestling with why am I talking about common sense? Like, <laughs> why me of all people, am I talking about this? I just am not the shining example of common sense. Even just some of my story and of my life, like it, there's a lot. We don't really need to go into that right now. But <laughs> another, um, there'll be
0: another <laughs> podcast another day.
1: <laughs> so, anyway, so I was like having a hard time getting started. I think it's sometimes you got to like clear out your head and figure out, okay, where's the starting place to talk about common sense? So, this is kind of what I came up with. I see common sense. It's like a it's like a decision barometer. Like it it measures something that makes the most sense. I like Does that, that. sense. <laughs> yes, I like that. And so
0: what do people other people think it is? Like maybe you said that you don't you oh I don't always I'm not always this like poster child for common sense, right? But maybe that's just because other people didn't see the whole picture, or n- have enough self-awareness. Yeah, didn't know that you have the sense of self-awareness and know what is wise and and worth a risk, right? Yeah, I don't those know. Are
1: interesting words you're bringing up because those come up a lot when I started thinking about all of this, but. It's really like the most obvious and clear choice. It's it's kind of in you're in a place where, well, you really don't have anything else to consider in that decision. It's like duh. Yeah. Like this duh factor, you know? Right. And it's it's easy. And then I think it's also it involves just having good judgment and being practical and sensible in your thought processes.
0: Why do you think people lose? their ability to have common sense. I mean, what, there must be a bunch of reasons, but what are some reasons that you see that people actually lose that ability to have any sense of what is wise or right or.
1: Yeah. A clear direction or something. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot of distractions. I think that their common sense is kind of, you can look at it kind of on a scale too. Sure. And it really kind of depends on what it is you're talking about. If you're talking about something that's really like emotionally heavy, then I think common sense is going to get in the way of your emotional response to that situation. Uh-huh. So the distraction. So there's a lot of distractions that interfere with making good decisions and, and really being clear minded. Yeah.
0: I think that's so true. I also think I I liked your idea of the being it on a scale. I think that's right on. I mean, that's really right on because I think if we look at common sense, right? So it would be common to everybody, right? So if you say that the whole thing about you're not going to let a two year old drive your car, most people, I hope, right, <laughs> are going to say yes. That is so true. That duh, we would not do that, right? That would be common sense that everybody would know or should know, right, that that is a safety issue and you just don't do that. That is something you don't do. But then there might be on the other end something that isn't as common for everybody. But those basic decisions like for me giving up my license, right, or for you moving to Texas and opening a shave ice thing, when you have a degree that would say you should do something, like people would say that, that isn't common sense because it doesn't make sense. Right. (laughs) And people would, you know, obviously people said that about me as well in that decision of like, I'm quitting. And they're like, well, that doesn't make sense. It's not common sense. When you have a degree and you have a, you know, student loan, even you wouldn't be doing something completely different outside of that. It doesn't sound wise, practical, you know, but for us, we could see that this was the right thing to do. Right. So there's, there is a scale for sure.
1: Yeah. Lots of different factors that play into that. It's easy to judge someone else, whether not exhibiting some common sense about something like it's, it's really easy, but. We don't always know what what the factors are that are involved for them.
0: Yeah. Let's just go back to the real basics. So you don't let a toddler drive your car. You don't go outside and run down the middle of the road.
2: <laughs>
0: right. So what are some things that make people lose that kind of common sense?
1: Well, I think when you get down into into the depths of what people are, begin to struggle with, mm-hmm. um, emotionally, you know, I, sometimes emotions really tick me off sometimes because <laughs> they are just like, they can be so distracting.
0: Emotions can get in the way of our ability to think clearly. Right?
1: Yeah. Because they can be so powerful for people,
2: mm-hmm.
1: be the weight of a decision for them. And if we want to have really clear thought processes, I think we have to separate out our emotions from that. And we have to separate out like our behaviors. This isn't rocket science, <laughs> it's common sense, right? Like, <laughs> like our thoughts affect our feelings and our behaviors and all of that, right? Like, like, duh.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And our real
0: intense emotions, right? Just like you were saying, they impact the way that we behave, it's almost as it, well, it does shut off parts of our brain that give us common sense, right? Or like insight into how to behave and what to do and what not to do. And when those emotions just take over, we can't think in this rational piece of our brain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I think there's kind of low self-worth issues too. They want to be accepted. There's just so many things I think that can cause distraction from being clear in your thought processes. Mm -hmm.
0: That's so true. There are so many things that get in the way of that. (laughs) And, you know, I was thinking about things like addiction or significant mental health. Those kinds of things can make you lose all common sense, but maybe even backing up before you get to that place is really the emotions and, And the sense of self-worth and sense of self, really, um, that creates the decisions that get you into those positions. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a lot of insight. So let's talk a little bit about what it means to be clear in your thinking versus being unclear in your thinking.
1: So when I really put some thought to this, I... I was kind of imagining you're sitting at a traffic light, right? Uh Just sitting there. As soon as the light turns green, you go. And that is how I was thinking, like to have really clear thinking. It's like that green light. It's like go. It's like you deciding to take some action or the next step or whatever it is. You go. It's your green light to go. And I think also it means... It's safe to proceed in this direction, in this process.
0: I like that analogy.
1: When we have clear thinking, it can really help guide us in the right direction. If we're really listening, really paying attention and having that Mm self-awareness.
0: And even when there is risk, you are willing to take the risk because it is a green light. Yes. Right. So there is risk sometimes. Even in a green light, there's risk, right? Who knows? Somebody could come and sideswipe you. But the you know, this is the direction you're supposed to be going, and you have this clarity and uh, incentive or whatever to go somewhere, even when there is risk.
1: Yes, I mean, I I like that. I think it's a there's risk involved, but it's when you're clear, it's like a lower threshold for consequences in that risk. Yes. So it's, it's risky, but it's all good. Like you can do
0: it. Yeah. No. Uh, What happens when people don't have that clarity?
1: Then I think it's a, it's more like a 50, 50 chance. (laughs) It could work out. It might not work out. Yeah. And I think it creates a lot of doubt and fear, all that fear and stuff just stirring up Mm -hmm. and it's like jumbled and confusing and And then we might actually act on a feeling that is really misguiding us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, in DBT, they talk about having like a wise mind, right? Mm -hmm. So taking the emotional brain and a rational brain and putting them together and having them work together and balancing Mm -hmm. them so that you're not functioning completely out of emotion, because that doesn't usually work out for us. And you're not also functioning completely out of rational thinking without any emotion in it. Mm -hmm. And putting those two together really does bring wisdom and clarity many, Mm -hmm. many times is using both sides of your brain, you know?
1: Yeah. Like giving yourself, allowing yourself to experience and feel what it is. I I feel like those emotions are so important, especially for if you're not really in touch with them. Like it's okay to have them. It's okay to experience them. It's okay to go through them. You survive them. You get through the other side. But you know, for some people, it's just that's just not a comfortable place to be.
0: When you suppress those emotions, just like we were talking about, and you suppress that emotional side of you, then you're only living with the facts. Yeah, you know, and the and the rational thinking rather than incorporating the emotional piece and balancing them together. And
1: so I think trauma definitely squelches that too.
0: Yeah. Tell us more about that.
1: Well, I think about, um, I feel like part of of the reason that this idea to start to open a business popped up in my head is because it was almost a ticket for me to step away from this world that I've been in for the last 25 years of doing mental health work. Yeah. And I needed to get out of that. Um, I myself have gone through a lot of trauma in the last few years and it is, it's life-changing. It is absolutely life-changing. Um, and for my trauma specifically, I feel like was that opportunity for me to really embrace and get in touch with some really deep emotions that I knew probably were there, but I didn't know how to, I I didn't know what I was supposed to do with those. I didn't even know if I had the right emotions for that. I didn't even know. I don't know. I just suppressed really, really good. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I don't know, Wendy, if you were aware that, that Jason had a heart attack. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah he had a a widowmaker heart attack in 2018 and um it was really scary like he should have died yeah but didn't um it was really scary you know um that is that's a lot it's a life changing event it is it is yeah and probably for the next 2 or 3 months um When I felt like, okay, I can leave his side and he's not going to die as if, you know, me being there was going to keep him alive. But it was just, everything was like, okay, don't bite that apple too hard, Jason, you might die. right? You know, (laughs) Um, that's just kind of where I was. It was like, oh, super hyper arousal. Right. Yeah. And then I was still working in an emergency department. Uh in that state. And, you know, so here I am like hyper arousal state all the time. I heard every cardiac event that could happen, no matter where I was in that department, I could hear every cardiac event. And I, I had to do my best to walk away. I could not go look, I could not, you know, I just was like, ah, everybody's dying from heart attacks. Yes. Um, so it was, it was really super intense. And then once I kind of got through that part, I kept describing the way I was feeling. I kept saying, I can't touch the ground. No matter what I do, I'm not able to put my feet on the ground for long enough to stand. I would maybe get there and then I'm like right back up. So, so you can't touch the ground. That is,
0: It's like you couldn't get grounded.
1: No, 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 no. no anything I did, I couldn't. I couldn't. I just had this like level of anxiety. And I'm not typically, uh, normally i really don't struggle a lot with anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not kind of my nature, but I definitely have had experiences of high anxiety. And this was something I'd never experienced before. Like I, I was like floating in the air for months and I didn't, I couldn't understand why. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I realized that Jason's heart attack was on the 23rd year anniversary of a previous trauma of mine oh. to the day,
0: our brain and body remembers those things.
1: Oh, oh yeah! My body went right back yeah. into that place. Thankfully, I'm a therapist and I knew better. Get yourself a therapist stat. So I did, which that then began, began my really my healing journey, and I, I ended up becoming you know, instead of being the therapist that was going to go help people with EMDR, I became the, the client that needed EMDR and it, and it changed my life. I mean, it did, it, it really did, but it was, it's it, you know, and that's, that's like, that's an example of something really unexpected Mm -hmm. to have happen that can really throw you off.
0: It really can. And when you are up off the ground, like you were saying, it is so hard to have clarity, because really that clarity and clear thinking, it comes through being grounded and being centered and being, you know, still and all of that stuff. And you cannot do that when you're in a heightened sense
1: of awareness. Yeah, there was a two year period of time, where like, I fought a lot of things. But I eventually I got to a really good place and I got that. Like, I feel like right now I'm in a very healing place. I can feel it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh.
0: I love that you said it was my ticket out of that. Yeah. yeah a times. And it yeah. really is. Sometimes I think, I mean, in my experience, you have to get out of that to heal really all the way.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Otherwise you're just being triggered all the time. There's no way to not be. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, there's probably, I, you know, I have several coworkers and friends of mine that are probably like, we've been telling you this, Karen, (laughs) we've been telling you this, but you know, it, it had to take something pretty drastic, I guess, to, to kind of get me out of that.
0: Yeah. That's great. Well, going to therapy And figuring out all of that stuff is a very tangible thing that you could do to start getting more clarity in your life. Yeah. I would love to hear if you have other tangible ideas of how people can really cultivate this common sense when they feel like they've lost it.
1: Yeah. I think that um, one of the things that can be really helpful is just being vulnerable Nobody really likes to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So I think just like being vulnerable and then also realizing that you actually might be wrong about something and it's just getting down and dirty with reality. Mm -hmm. Like what is the truth? We have to continually try to extract the truth Mm -hmm. and what is the truth? Because we start believing things that just aren't even true.
0: Yeah, Like we start believing stories that we tell ourselves in our head. And those stories many, many times are just not true. Brene Brown says that it's the shitty first draft, right? (laughs) Like she says the SFD is like the shitty first draft because we tell these stories and we make this first draft of a story and it's just not right. And yeah. and really kind of evaluating it and editing it, right? Like yes. you do uh-huh. when you're writing a book or you're writing anything. You 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 have to write this shitty first draft, right? But then you get to a place of like, okay, I have to edit this. I have to say this isn't right. Yeah, and getting down to the real story and the real truth is important. I I like that. Yeah, and I think that oftentimes our emotions, right. Are what tell us the, the lies and and they feel so true in the moment. Mm -hmm. But then when you're, you know, like when you really get down and you're, you're balancing out these emotions and you extract out the truth from those lies, that's where you do find the the clarity and the wise mind.
1: Yeah. Like that process of speaking and like, when you speak out loud and you hear yourself, some of us are just really good at talking and rambling and blah, 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 blah. But when you really talk and you hear yourself and you take a moment and hear it, it can sound very differently than what's going on in your head. Mm-hmm. That's and very true. Yes. Yeah. Like I kind of discovered this in the shower <laughs> and <laughs> I was having some full-on conversations with myself in the shower, and yes. then I actually started doing that kind of out loud. And I was, and I realized, wow, that sounds a lot different than how it just sounded in your head.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so now I try to talk out loud to myself more often. No, <laughs> it's very true.
0: I mean, it activates so many different parts of your brain, and then you're like, wait, that did not sound right. That's weird. Yeah. Right. I mean, that is what's really great too about. Uh, reflective listening sometimes, right? With other people, You're like, so uh-huh. what you just said was, and they're like, that sounds odd. I don't know. I shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that's true. I mean, really being able to speak it out loud, the things that are in your head, your ideas or your what you think is the right thing, saying it out loud to yourself or to somebody else. Uh is a really good way to find clarity and to, to get back that sense of common sense, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Anything else you
1: want to say about that? Well, yeah, there's a lot actually. There's like, well, we kind of talked about that, but I think really trying to stop and listen and opening yourself up, just relinquishing control Mm -hmm. and really trying to embrace what could be that's kind of a scary process you don't know what could be and so how do you embrace that when you don't know what the other side that's going to look like Mm -hmm. Uh, but at the same time like it's giving yourself permission to really get rid and bare your soul and cleanse your soul and get rid of all that junk that it's really true and very good. Yeah. And it helps you to like know your purpose, know what your purpose is. I think that also really going through some of that refining process, I guess it opens you up to be able to receive and give love. That's what we all want. That's where we all want to get to. Mm-hmm. all want to get to that place where we can freely love and we can freely receive love. And there is not a lot of that going on these days. Mm, No, there
0: isn't. And it really does take, I think slowing down. Right. Mm -hmm. And all the things that you just said, it takes intentionality. It takes intentionally thinking about it or feeling about it. It also takes intentionality to just wait and process and slow down. And when you can do that, you're not acting out of impulse. Yeah. I love those things. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. I want to hear how people can find you. People They want to find you and go get some shave ice when they're in Texas. (laughs) That's important.
1: Yeah. So I don't have a website, which is probably really horrible and I'm terrible sh- social media. Uh, so some things I have to learn, <laughs> some skills I need to work on. Yes. But I am on Facebook, Rocky Mountain Snow and on Instagram at Rocky Mountain Snow.
0: Okay. So I'll we'll put those links in the show notes. And so people can look at that and see how they can get in touch with you. Okay. Okay, now I have three questions that I ask everybody on my podcast. Okay. And maybe we already heard this, but the first question is an event that changed you.
1: (laughs) You did hear it already. And it was, it was Jason's heart attack. Yeah. That's Um, a huge event. Yeah. You know, it catapulted me into um, facing just junk that I didn't really... I mean, I kind of knew it was there, but I didn't really know what it looked like or what it was, or, you know, I knew probably at some point in my life it was going to happen. And uh, it was that event that just that really catapulted me into that. I love that. Okay. Yeah. A person who changed you. Well, see, and I was thinking, man, this sounds really cliche to say your husband, but it's true. Mm-hmm. We have, we you know, we've been married for 23 years. I feel like we both, are really good for each other. We both were allowed to um, kind of face our demons uh-huh. um, in each other's presence.
2: I like that.
1: And then still love each other after. That's a great friend. It is. It's hey, a great friend. It is. Okay. A book that changed you. So this is my least favorite question because. The way I read a book is really, really fast. And I get to the nitty gritty and skip to the back. Uh huh. So it's hard for me to say, what's your favorite book or what changed you or whatever. But so I have a couple. Okay. So when we, when I knew you, Wendy, back in, when I lived in Oregon, uh huh, I didn't have a master's degree at that time. I just was working in mental health. Uh-huh and
0: i remember that but i
1: yeah so when i did get my master's degree it was in 2007 is when i went to get my master's degree and i ended up ended up going to seminary for my master's degree for a couple different reasons and um there was a book that came out around that time that i started school and it went along with one of the main principles that I got out of going to seminary. And I think my, my biggest takeaway from going to seminary was just this idea of knowing who you are in relation to yourself, in relationship to other people and in relationship to God or something bigger and better than yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that for me, like really, really, that was my aha moment or whatever, right. You know, for me in my career and trying to understand uh-huh. all of it. And um, so there was a book that came out around that time and it's called the same kind of different as me. It's written by Ron Holland and Moore, and it's really, it's a true story. So it's not this book with all these, you know, all this research and all sure. of this, it's a story. And it really was impactful for me at that time when it came out because it was the essence of what I was after. Oh. It's a story of meeting people where they are, no matter their circumstances or their position in relation to themselves, others, or a higher being.
0: I love that. I will put that in the show notes, okay. the link to that in the show notes.
1: Okay, it's just a it's just a really good story. I want to read but, it.
0: I'm going to put it on my Amazon
1: okay list okay. like right away. And, God, I haven't read it in so long. I probably need to read it again because I'm like <laughs> I don't even I can't tell her what it you know all the details of that story, but it it was pretty it's pretty fascinating. Oh. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, I'm going to put that in the show notes. Well, thank you so much, Karen, for joining us today and yeah, gosh, and being vulnerable and telling your story and giving us a lot of wisdom and insights and common sense.
1: <laughs> did we ever get to the end of that? Did we ever actually identify what common sense is? I think we might have. We'll have to figure out if we did. Okay.
0: <laughs> I <think> we did. <laughs> Let me know. All right. Well, thanks again. And we will talk soon. I'm so excited to okay. have got to see you. Yes. Yes. Okay. Wendy, thank you so much. I'm so glad you joined us. Make sure to subscribe so you can get all the episodes and you can help support our podcast by clicking the support button in the show notes or going to our website, essentiallybetterlife.com. Follow me on social at Essentially Better Life and check out my website for all kinds of information on business and personal coaching, my book, and even some great stuff on essential oils. Thanks for listening. Blessings and be well, my friends.